1: Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome into the Go 24-7 podcast. My name is Bryce Kuhn, alongside Glenn West. And today we talk finally, Glenn. We, we finally get to the baseball portion of uh, of the podcast. We've been teasing it over the last couple of podcasts, but today is all about the LSU Tigers on the diamond. Where uh, Glenn, we talked about it uh, right before we started recording this, uh, and I wanted you to kind of kick us off with this. This is a team that there's no secret how good – and how far they can go. I think everyone says, hey, look, this is a team that can play in Omaha. But the injury bug has continued to bite this team, especially it feels like over the past couple of weeks and maybe into the next month. Is it crazy how much this team and Jay Johnson's been able to just absorb some of the, the, the contact, absorb some of the injury bug, and continue trucking along?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty special group. And I think probably the thing that plays into LSU's hand a little bit is that this has been a really offensive oriented season uh, really around the country. And LSU is really no different from a lot of other teams around the SEC and around the country uh, in terms of the injury bug. There's been pitching staffs um, really all over this conference that have really limited some of their uh, success, but that hasn't been the case for LSU. And they've uh, obviously been winning a lot of these games. They're, They've won, I believe, seven straight SEC series or mm-hmm. they've won all SEC series, but they've won seven straight SEC games uh, heading into this Auburn series that we'll probably talk about here some. But uh, yeah, I think the, the the biggest kind of takeaway for me and uh, just kind of writing that article that we we put out earlier this week is that, yeah, there's this team is not perfect. There's some flaws and certainly as the injuries start to crop up, it's going to be um, you know, a lot less of a margin for error. Um, but this is also a group that I think has, you know, that kind of Omaha potential. And they've, they they keep proving it week in and week out that they just, they keep winning these games and they find ways to scratch out wins. Uh, the offense has been fantastic. Um, you know, a lot of the bullpen is now starting to really come along. I think there's some guys that you can really start relying on out of the bullpen a little bit more. Um, and then you've, you've got, arguably the, the top two players in the country. And uh, you know, th- th- those are guys that could very well go number one and number two overall uh, in a couple months here in the draft. And when you're starting with that baseline, uh, that's a pretty good, uh, that's a pretty good, uh, you know, level of your talent and just kind of the potential of, of this team. And, you know, the other thing here is that I think LSU would have to do something ridiculously crazy to not be hosting, a regional and a super regional later this, uh, you know, uh, next month, I guess when the when the postseason starts. So you know, you're going to have the backing of your crowd and all that stuff. And so it's just, it's, I think it's going to be a really great wind down here for LSU in the home stretch. And they've got three winnable series here to kind of close things out. And it's kind of hard to believe that we're we're at this point here where you know, the final game at, at 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 Alex Boxer in the regular season is just. You know, week and a half, two weeks away against McNeese. And that's, uh, that, that's pretty incredible. So, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly get into a lot more. But I think that's kind of the overwhelming takeaway right now is that this team can win in a lot of different ways. And that's going to really help them, uh, come, come, you know, the, the, the postseason stretch time.
1: Yeah. And let's talk about that pitching staff because, look, everyone knows who Paul Skeens is and, and what he can do at this point. I mean, every single Friday night, whether it's on SEC plus, whether it's on a, uh, national broadcast, the the highlight coming into the broadcast as they you know highlight some of the, the big players, it's Paul Skeens on that Friday or Thursday night when LSU's playing. And MLB.com came out with their draft prospects list and a top, Dylan Cruz, Paul Skeens, one and two. I think one of the biggest concerns that you know I've seen just across social media and from some of the fans is – where does LSU go after? You know, this is not uh, a situation when you get in the postseason that skeins can pick, pitch every single day. You're going to have to have some people. So talk about kind of the emergence, and I know it's kind of been a little bit of a roller coaster, but uh, Ty Floyd has shown at times where when he's on, and I'll go back to the the Ole Miss game uh, when he pitched that one, I and mean, that was phenomenal. If this team can get consistent pitching on a Saturday, Sunday, let's just take the traditional three-game series, uh does it? How hard is LSU to beat if the pitching is there? I mean, we you talked about it. It's very offense-oriented. But if Ty Floyd's pitching well, and whoever they throw on that Sunday, we've seen you know different versions of Christian Little kind of in that role uh, heading into this weekend. But, I mean, how good does it make this team in balance? Does it make this team?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think probably outside of um, maybe Thatcher Hurd, uh, Ty Floyd is probably the biggest X factor on this team uh, right now just because You've seen it. You've seen it in the results uh, at times that he can get you deep into a game. Uh, he can go six, seven, hopefully eight innings uh, in a game every once in a while. And um, But you're, you're right. It's been just a little bit erratic. It's been up and down. It's been um, very hard to depend on and rely on, I think, throughout the course of the whole season. Um, but he's shown it in, in large stretches that he can be a very successful pitcher uh, in this conference and um, we we know that this is the best conference in in, in baseball mm-hmm. by by far. I mean, it's not even close. Um, but it's also a situation where you know I feel like yes, he didn't have a great weekend this last weekend against Alabama, for example. But no deficit is too big for this offense to overcome, and that's what mm-hmm. I really come back to um, it, it, the the pitching. If they can just keep it from getting. And, uh you know otherworldly level of difficult to overcome like a, we're talking eight nine ten run game here uh this this offense can come back and it can come back quick i mean one of the biggest yeah. points that i've that i've made all season long um is is how good lsu is not only in two out situations on, at the plate um but also um in being able to really quickly revert back from a bad inning and, 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 you know, whether it's a bad defensive inning, whether it's a bad inning on the mound, um, this offense is really, really quick at being able to get the momentum right back and and pushing the team forward in a positive direction. So not trying to duck your question at all there. I think that, you know, Ty Floyd is certainly um, a guy that I think LSU needs to rely on. I don't see him moving out of that starting role uh, for the rest of the year. Um, but it, it's going to be one of those situations where, I just don't know that you know what you're going to get from him. Like, you're going to, like, you know what you're going to be able to get from Paul Skeens. And that's just, you know, I mean, we're, 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 we're really comparing apples and oranges here. I mean, Paul yeah. Skeens one of the greatest pitching prospects we've probably ever seen. And, you know, a lot of these other, other pitchers on the staff are, you know, they're, I don't want to say feeling the pressure, but there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, that's a lot of stuff you have to live up to as, as a pitcher yeah. on the staff and, I think it's going to be really important for those guys to really just focus on themselves, play within themselves. That's been a, a you know, a big mantra of, of Jay Johnson's all year long is to not get out of your plan. I think that certainly applies to the pitchers as well, and so it's going to be very interesting. I, I, I don't know what to quite expect with this pitching staff beyond what Paul Skeens gives you, uh, but that's a good thing, and it can also be a bad thing. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it all plays out here in the final several weeks.
1: A couple of things to note there. You talked about the big lead that if LSU surrenders, this offense, they don't have a lot of one-run innings. They like to put up crooked numbers. And so it feels like when they score, they score in bunches, kind of alluding to what you were talking about. And then talking about skeins in the sense of, you know, I've seen, uh, I think it was obviously Ben McDonald, a lot of titles to the program. He has continued to, to you know, he obviously parlays a, a career in broadcasting with the Baltimore Orioles as well. And, He has continued to harp on the fact, just watching on TV, that this is probably one of the most sought-after pitching prospects we've seen since. And I don't know if you remember this, but since Steven Strasburg and and, and the kind of electricity he can bring uh, on the mound. And so – I think it's it's unfair, like you said, to talk about the rest of the pitching staff, because 95% of pitchers in college baseball are in the same situations that, you know, Ty Floyd and all these other guys are in. They're, they're good pitchers, really good, but they're also 18, 19, 20 years old in the sense of they still have a lot of growing to do. Paul Skeen's one thing. He's a grown man. And two, this guy is out here, uh, like you said, one of the more dominant pitching prospects we've seen in the last decade, just from his stuff, his attitude out on the mound. He's just different. He's kind of in the – he's an anomaly, I think. Is When you look at the rest of this LSU pitching staff, it's hard to live up to what Skeens does on Friday night. Um, But I wanted to bring up kind of continuing to talk about the pitching, and it's the – another article you wrote that was fantastic and I had right here in my notes to talk about was Gavin Guidry and the role that he's taken on, you know, a little different from him. It's a unique opportunity, something I don't think that Jay Johnson sees him in the longevity of his career in Baton Rouge, but right now it's working. And so, one, the ability to have a kid that says, hey, I'll help you however you want right now, coach, that speaks volumes to have in your locker room, and especially now in the bullpen. Yeah, I mean, we had a great 10
2: minutes with with Gavin um, before they left for the Auburn series. Um, and, And a lot of it had to do with just kind of the unique situation that he's been in this year, you know, you come in last fall and you're playing short and you're playing second and you're thinking you're going to compete for one of those jobs as a true freshman. Um, I I know, I know this for a fact that LSU was sweating bullets on if they would be able to get him after the draft. I mean, he, Hmm. he was absolutely in the conversation to sign. But, you know, LSU I think was, was, was really on him and really talking to him about how he could develop into a really high draft pick here. And it was as an infielder. And so, you know, when you finally – or when you sit back and you see, you know, kind of the way this all played out, right prior to the season he was um, asked to throw a few bullpens as a pitcher um, in, in, in the spring. And, uh, you know, all you know two weeks into the season he's on the mound for the first time and does really well against Butler. I think he has a shutout inning against Butler with a couple strikeouts. Um, and that really just kind of fuels – what, what we've come to see now. And, and that was, you know, a, a nice conversation that Johnson had with, with Guidry about, Hey, you know, this is what we need from you right now This we need you to be another available arm on our staff. And mm-hmm. man, was that a good decision to, <laughs> to kind of scrap <laughs> the, the infield deal because of what Jordan Thompson and Dugas are doing for you this year. Uh, they, they need that arm and they need him to be that, you know, kind of confident electric, uh, you know, almost I don't, I don't want to say cocky, but it's borderline cocky of how he kind of approaches being on the mound. And that's really yeah. something that this bullpen needs. And I think something this pitching staff needs as well. Um, and you saw it last week and he earned a midweek start. Um, you know, he, he, he earned a, a, you know, a couple more innings during the weekend. And that, that, that's going to be something that I think LSU really has to explore is how much they use him kind of here for the postseason run. He's a guy I could absolutely see them using two times a weekend and trying to help you get through a regional or super regional. I think mean, he's got that kind of um, electric stuff and, and, and certainly doesn't feel like the moment's too big for him. You go, you know, we, we asked him about just kind of the moment he felt like he belonged uh, on this pitching staff, and he goes back to that South Carolina game where She was down 7-3. They, they get the grand slam home run from Dugas. They get the 8-7 lead. And then they asked Gentry to go in there and get the final five outs, and he's able to do it uh, in a very hostile situation against a team that they could very likely see in Omaha um, mm-hmm. or in the postseason. So, uh, yeah, just a really great story. And it kind of just goes back to that, that point that, had, that Johnson's really made, a lot of these players have really made, is that, you know, these guys are really adaptable to the situations that they're asked to be put in. Um, and, and and they're willing to do whatever it takes to, to help this group get wins. And so for a guy like Guidry, whose future is likely in the infield, for him to kind of punt on this season and say, hey, I'm going to focus on this aspect of my game and uh, really lean into the pitching side, uh, I think it just speaks volumes to him. It speaks volumes to where this program is at, uh, and I think it's just going to be a, a really uh, a great ignition, I think, for, for LSU to have Gidry
0: Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Yeah, and look, it's a little weird to see a single digit on the mound. That's for sure. But I think that when you when you take a step back and you realize the kind of men that that Jay Johnson's bringing to the program, like that's in a sport where reps are so valuable, and you know, on a team that's loaded. Any opportunity you get can be something you can put on film, whether it's a transfer, whether it's go to the draft. For him to essentially say, like what you said, to punt on the freshman year, really development in the infield and say, yeah, I'm going to go out here. And not only, Glenn – is he good like he's electric and, and and as a pitcher i'll say this you know uh, a lot of people you know there's, there's a big argument do you like the flair? do you not like it to me as a pitcher you have to have the mentality that you are the best out there and i think we see it on friday nights with paul Skeens. we see it on that first game of the series but to have a guy that can come in the back into the bullpen and people in the stands say feel confident sometimes saying okay like we know this game's gonna end like that is such a relieving fact to know if you can get it to the eighth or ninth inning and you feel comfortable where you are and that's where he's kind of slid into that spot and it's really nice to see
2: yeah and uh, i would i would probably throw in griffin herring and Javen mm-hmm. coleman into that grouping too um i think those three are the guys that you can really for sure say go out there and get me a couple zeros um yeah uh you know i know coleman had one kind of weird weird game there where yeah he
1: a that was an anomaly yeah.
2: that that happens and he's still coming back from that injury and but I think those three are the ones that you can say, okay, here's the ball. Go get me a win. Go get me three innings here, um, and, and and those guys will be able to deliver. I think Bryce Collins, uh, you know, Riley Cooper, those guys are probably in that next tier uh, in terms of reliability. I mean, I know Bryce Collins has had a really nice last several weeks, but there's been also some some up and down in terms of you know what you can really rely on from him. Um, in those late game situations so you know I think the bullpen is in a a better spot than they were let's say three weeks ago um which is a good thing uh but I also think that they need they need a little bit more out of that group and 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 certainly that that three-headed monster I think of Guidry uh Coleman and Griffin Herring I think is going to do do wonders for this group uh out of the bullpen down the stretch
1: We could get into this conversation, and the podcast would probably go 45 minutes long total. So we'll try to keep it to a minimum. Glenn, at this point in the season, is there a player on the field? And look, Dylan Cruz is amazing. uh, You know, this Tommy Tanks, they're all fun to watch. But what Gavin Dugas brings in that lineup and what he's able to do, is there a more valuable and maybe nationally – maybe uh underrated player on LSU's roster than Gavin Dugas and and just what he the tone that he sets. I mean I, I just you can talk about the bats they have in the in the middle of the order, but what he's able to do, it seems like when he's out of the lineup we saw earlier in the season, they struggle to get some things going. I mean, what what impact has he brought on this program as we get kinda of ready for the home stretch?
2: Yeah, I mean I would say, you know, in terms of the field, um his ascension at second base was probably the most important uh, element to LSU having the kind of season that they're having right now, and he's come away with some really big time swings um, this season. I, mean, I just mentioned the South Carolina hit, but mm-hmm. certainly there are several more you can throw in there as well. Um, yeah, I, I, Dugas has been huge. I think he's been probably um, the the biggest X factor in terms of what you thought maybe going into the year, and then how it how it how it kind of played out during the year. Um, he he's he's exceeded expectations i think uh, and really hasn't made that second base competition much of a competition at all like we yeah. thought it might be early in the season uh where they would be playing a bunch of different guys i know nipple had some some moments in there where he played a lot but um dugas is is the real deal i think he's just a really good college baseball player i think he just is really good for this team when he's in the lineup and you know, he kind of battled through some stuff the last couple weeks. You know, he's been really trying to play through that shoulder injury. And you, you know, I know there's a lot of conversation right now on our board of, you know, LSU should have sat him a little bit and maybe given yeah. him a little bit more rest on that shoulder in the midweek games. Um, really felt like he found that second gear or that 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 prior to injury form uh, against Southeastern earlier this week. He three for four with a home run, a couple RBIs. Um, so I think he's well on his way to getting back and being the, the kind of impact player that we know he can be. Um, so, yeah, he, he's been great. Um, but then the, the other X factor that I'll throw in here, and I know we're getting back to the pitching here, but Thatcher Heard, what he did this last week, really encouraging. I mean, he goes four and four and a third uh, in the midweek game last week. I know it's in a loss, but he was the bright spot of that loss to Nichols. Um, and then he goes another inning, uh, over the weekend against Alabama, gets puts a zero on the board, strikes out a couple guys, um, if if they can get Thatcher Hurd back into form, and I know that's a big if right now because it's only two outings in a row, I absolutely think that's the game-changing X factor that LSU has, uh, you know, in the cards that, that, you know, you didn't really expect a couple weeks ago. And so if you can get Thatcher Hurd back into what he was doing last year at UCLA, we saw it earlier this year against um, Texas, how how good he can be. Yeah. Um, if he can find that confidence, build on that confidence and momentum heading into postseason play, that is a absolute Omaha National Championship kind of game changer that LSU needs uh, on that staff to really carry them into uh, what they hope to be a, a deep run in, in the next couple months.
1: Yeah, and uh, it all starts this weekend. Uh, like you mentioned, LSU traveling to the Plains, going to Auburn. Auburn enters this series with a 25-18-1 record. They tied with USC after USC had a getaway day. Uh, 9-12 and in the conference. I think if you asked any Auburn fans, which not a lot will watch this, but if you asked any Auburn fans, they would say not the season they were really wanting a step back for them after getting to Omaha last season. Uh, but look, it's the SEC. Anything can happen. Uh, and Auburn's a team... That I think, and talking with some folks, they they struggle in the pitching department a little bit, uh, not where they want to be, and as the fact that they have arms. Uh, I know that they had a young man, and his name's escaping me, that was on the pre pre uh, preseason uh, Golden Spikes Award watch list. But coming into this season, uh, I think if you'd have told LSU that you would be in the position you were, all the injuries, and heading into a road series at Auburn with only you know a couple weekends remaining in the regular season. Uh, They would have said this is a pivotal series, uh, you know, against a team that is uh, still talented, but just not where they want to yet. Uh, Glenn, kind of any thoughts on this weekend? And, I mean, we know the fans, anything short of a series sweep is going to be a disappointment. But what is realistically expected this weekend? Well,
2: look, I mean, it's one that, um, you know, on the surface looks like Auburn might not be playing its best baseball as a whole this Mm -hmm. year. Um, But this last weekend, you know, they they knocked off number two, South Carolina. They took two out of three from South Carolina uh, in South Carolina. They won their first two games and then they lost game three uh, by one run uh, on Sunday. So this is a team that, you know, is capable of having these kinds of weekends. And you just saw it last week against the Gamecocks. And so um, it's a you're right. It's probably more of an offensive oriented team. Just like a lot of teams in the SEC are this year, it's it's not been a very good league uh, for pitching or really any uh, really any pitching in, in, in the country as as far as I'm concerned. But um, you know, it, it's it's going to be a really interesting matchup. You know, I, I know that LSU, um, you know, Coach Jay Johnson talked about it a little bit yesterday when we were talking with him. Um, the, the the game plan and the plan of these players for LSU can't change, you know, it doesn't matter who they're playing. Um, that has been a really consistent theme for him. And it's something that the players have really taken to, I think throughout the course of this year. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I, I just, I think that LSU's in a really good spot here. Uh, they can build on some of this. Uh, you know, we talked about it. They've won seven straight sec games. They're uh, really seem to be finding their form on offense. I mean, they've scored, I think 65 runs in the last eight games, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're pitching staff, you know, while, you know, the ERA might be a little bit up, they're also holding, you know, opposing teams to a 220 batting average, which is not stellar. I mean, it's not great. Um, but you know, it's, it's enough, I think, to to make you believe that this team is starting to find its form a little bit, you know, their, uh, LSU, I think is really starting to hit its stride offensively. And, um, you know that 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 to me is probably the most important thing, and the, and and really it's the fact that the offense carries. I mean, like they're yeah, the amount of free passes that they draw, um, the the patience they have at the plate, um, that stuff that can work in any environment. And you know, it's not like they're relying on the the long ball or they're relying mm. on contact. They're 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 really just relying on okay, let's last long enough in this at bat to get the pitch that I want. And I think that's yes. Where this offense's biggest strength is, and uh, you know they've they've really really dialed into it in the last you know I would say two or three weeks. I think this is probably the best they've they played offensively all season, and that's a good thing.
1: Auburn's going to throw uh, sophomore right-hander Chase Alsup, who comes in with a 7.62 ERA. He's been out of the bullpen. They're trying to find that combination. Uh, Saturday's going to be a fun one to watch because Auburn is throwing Tommy Vail, who uh, talked with some Auburn fans this week. They said, hey, we feel like that's our best starter um, You know, going into this contest. He's got a point." four and one record 3.8 ERA and he's a graduate veteran and then Christian Eberholtz on Sunday but uh, Glenn you mentioned it right there you know why I think all why I think they can have a successful weekend in Auburn is because they don't rely on just one big thing when you see teams say we live and die by the long ball or we have to string together uh, we have to string their three four five hits in a row to win a baseball game uh, that that's dangerous because if a team comes in and says if we stop them from this we can win. And I just don't think LSU's in that situation where, hey, a team can say, if we stop this, we'll win against LSU. Uh, Your thoughts on that? I mean, I just think they're so balanced as a lineup.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, there's no greater example of that than what you've seen with Alex Milazzo, the catcher, who really struggled his first three years in the program to have any kind of success at the plate. Um, And now he's batting 360. he's He's putting the ball in play. He's been a you know a regular starter for really the last month of the season, and he's come away with some really big at bats, some really big swings um, to help LSU win some of these games. Um, you know his development, Travinsky. You, you look at what he's done at the plate and how you know he doesn't have a whole lot of opportunities up until a couple weeks ago, and he comes in, in a in a pinch hit situation. LSU's down to their final strike, and he delivers a three run homer to help them win that game uh, on the road at Ole Miss in game three. Um, just, I mean, that's, those are your bottom level guys. Like those are the bottom guys that that you're really hoping for in terms of production. And so when you think about it in that way, um, this, this lineup, I think is just playing at a really elite level. Uh, they're, I think they're 440 runs are number two in the country right now. Total, um, Behind Florida Gulf Coast of all things. I was looking at that stat earlier today. I was like, <laughs> Florida Gulf Coast. Oh my gosh. Really good. Uh but yeah, I mean it, it, it's just a really impressive um uh, a lineup from top to bottom. That the guys have stayed really consistent all season long. And um yeah, I mean that's that's what's gonna carry them into to Omaha this year. It's gonna be their offense. You know, you're gonna hope for for some really nice pitching outings here as the postseason winds down, but um, yeah, this is this is going to be the the identity of this team is certainly offensive oriented, and that's kind of how the season's played out around the country.
1: It feels like they got a little bit of an embarrassment of riches behind the plate when we talked coming into the season about you know who might start, what would it look like, Alex Milazzo's journey back from yeah, injury, yeah, we haven't and even talked crazy. about Ray
2: Neal, who was yeah, yeah, out it's last month, <laughs> and you know it's like he's not. It's like it doesn't matter that he's gone right now, and he's a guy that was a really, really solid player for them for for its two months of the season.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. A little bit of embarrassment of riches for sure. Uh, They're going to be first pitch in Auburn, I think, 6 p.m. Central uh, tonight. So, obviously, fans can check that out. We'll kind of have a little how to watch and stay tuned. But we know LSU fans are rabid about their baseball. They'll know where to go, know how to listen, uh, no matter where the Tigers are. It's going to be a fun weekend. We'll have uh, in-person coverage. I'll be over there. Cause that's one of the that's one of the few things glenn that you when you don't live in baton rouge and you live 30 minutes away from auburn alabama uh you can just scoot on over and get back home and, and maybe be home before midnight so we'll see Probably cross the fingers. We'll see how it works though. It'll be a lot of fun. My name is Bryce Kuhn. This is Glenn West. We had so much fun talking about college baseball and there's more to come as the home stretch officially begins this weekend. LSU at Auburn for a three-game series. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. If you're listening to this podcast in audio form, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcast, or anywhere that you get your podcasts, make sure to follow us, subscribe, and share with your friends. Hey, the road to 3K is almost there. We hit it up on the boards. I think we need to run four 49, 48 more subscribers. Um, I've got a plan on something. I've got to run it by the big bosses of Glenn West and Sonny Ship uh, before. We'll see how they they, they take it. But uh, if it does, we're going to have some fun fan interaction on the show that I think is going to be something that – some new content that's going to be a lot of fun here on the YouTube channel. We'll catch you next time here on the Go 24-7 podcast.